Hello and welcome to season 2 of Mythical Storytelling by Shinjan. I'm your host and storyteller Shinjan. As regular listeners to my podcast know, I've always been fascinated by myths and legends from across the world. So if you, like me, are interested in them, then this is the right podcast for you. In season 1, I focused on Greco-Roman mythology. In this season, I'm bringing you stories, legends and myths from the Norse mythology. So without further ado, let's start this episode of Mythical Storytelling. In our first episode of this season, let's start by talking a little bit about how the Norwegian mythology sees the world to be and how these gods came to being. So Norwegian forefathers imagined the infinities of space to be a profound abyss to which they gave the name Ginnungagap. On one of its confines there are icy frosts and mists and on the other flame and heat. The frozen reaches were known as the home of fogs or Niflheim, the torrid region as Muspelsheim which may perhaps be rendered the home of desolation. As the ice of Niflheim gradually melted away before the heat of Muschelsheim, there flowed forth from Niflheim into Kinungagap chill streams of venom, the Elivagar. And yet, the animating beams from Muschelsheim call the first living beings into life, a prodigious giant or Jotun called Ymir or or Gelmir, and the cow, Audumla, from whose milk he drew sustenance. From Ymir, in turn, sprang other giants, and thus he became the progenitor of all that evil race. The cow, Audumla, likewise, brought about life anew by licking the ice-bound boulders of salt. In this manner, Buri came into being. His son Bor, with Besla, daughter of the giant Bolthorn, had three sons named Odin, Vili, and Ve. These sons of Bor were good and fair to see. They became the forebears of the race of the Aesir. When the descendants of Ymir had multiplied beyond number, the sons of Bor put Ymir to death. In his blood, all of the giants were drowned except Bergelmir, who with his wife saved himself by means of a boat. The Aesir thus failed in their attempt to exterminate the race of giants, and Bergelmir's kindred grew to a mighty host. The giants or Jotuns were also known by the names Thursar, Rhyme Thursar, Etens, Cliff Etens, and Trolls. They persisted in the most evil courses. From the body of Ymir, the sons of Bor met earth, sky, and sea. The body itself became the earth, the bones became mountains and stones, the hair became trees and grass, the skull became the vault of heaven, the brain became clouds, and the maggots in Ymir's body became small dwarfs who dwelt beneath the earth's surface and in rocks who lived on a better footing with the giants than with the Aesir. Odin, Vili and Ve, the sons of Bor, were at first only Aesir. 
not content with shaping inanimate nature. They brought to life sentient beings as well both men and animals. The first human pair, Ask and Embla, they created from two trees. Odin gave them breath, Vili gave them soul or understanding, and Vey gave them bodily warmth and color. From these two sprang the entire race of men. The sons of Bor likewise created the celestial bodies. To this end, they employed the sparks that flew into space out of Muspelsheim. The sun and the moon were placed each on its vein, and each vein had drawn by two horses. The horses of the sun were named Arvak and Alsvin. Before the sun stands the shield Svalin. As the drivers of the veins were pointed, the two beautiful children of Mundelfari called Sun and Moon. Mundelfari was so proud of the two that he had named his daughter after the sun and his son after the moon. As a punishment, the Aesir gave the children the task of guiding the veins of the sun and the moon. Moon once carried away from the earth two small children just as they left the well Birgir carrying the curse Suig slung from his shoulders on a pole called Simul. The two children were named Bill and Shuki, and their father's name was Vidfin. Since that time they have followed the moon in his course. The giants or the Rhyme Thursar continued without ceasing to disquiet the Aesir and disturb their labors. A hideous giantess mother of a great brood of giant werewolves, bore among the others two called Skull and Hati, who took up the pursuit of sun and moon to devour them. Sun and moon therefore must needs make haste in their journey across the heavens, yet in the end their pursuers will overtake them. Hati was the more forbiding of the two. He was also known as Manigarm or the Moonhound. Toward the race of men, the giants were so ill-disposed that the Aesir found themselves compelled to build from the eyebrows of Ymir a giant defensive fortress encompassing the midmost region of the earth. The fortress and all that it contained bore the name Midgard. Beyond its confines lay Jotunheim. In the center of the universe, the Aesir established their own dwelling, Asgard. There Odin had its own seat, from which he might survey the whole universe, both the heavens and the earth, and see all that happened there. The race of the Aesir here grew to a goodly number. Odin particularly had many children. Aside from the Aesir, the dwarves and the giants, our forefathers peopled the universe with other supernatural beings such as the Vanir and the Elves. To the Vanir, dwelling in Vanaheim, the direction of the forces of nature seems particularly to have been attributed. Once upon a time, so the story runs, hostilities arose between the Aesir and the Vanir. The dispute ended with a treaty of peace, the terms of which prescribed an exchange of hostages. The Aesir delegated Onir, the Vanir delegated Njord, who in this way came to be the numbered among the Aesir. The other deities who came from the Vanir were Frey and Freya. Of the elves, begins who associated preferably with men, 
Some were good and some were evil. The good elves, called bright elves, who were brighter than the sun, had their abode in Alfheim. The evil elves, called dark elves, were blacker than pitch, had their homes beneath the surface of the earth, and so are often confused with the dwarves. Okay, now that we have learned about the origins of the Norse mythology, before we proceed any further, let me ask you a question. What if it was possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right to your doorstep? Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery deliveries for one low monthly fee. Instacart delivers the products you love from your local stores to your door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items when you buy from Instacart. They pick the freshest produce and guess what? They keep your eggs safe too. To receive free delivery on your first order of over $35 and to support the show, sign up to Instacart using the link in the show description. Instacart never set foot in a grocery store again. So let's carry on with this introduction to the Norse mythology. In Asgard, the Aesir built an immense fortress, in the midst of which lay the plains of Ida. Here, they erected two splendid halls, Gladsheim, which contained high seats for Odin and the twelve peers among the Aesir, and Vingolf, which had high seats for Freyg and the goddesses. Round about Litsjaf, whence Odin surveys the universe, rose the hall of Valaskjaf, roofed with a silver roof. The chief of the halls of Asgard, however, was Valhalla, the banquet hall of the Aesir. Here Odin held the high festival not only for the Aesir, but for all the translated heroes, brave warriors, who after death came to his presence. In Valhalla, there were 640 portals, through each of which 960 warriors might march in a priest. Between heaven and earth, the Aesir constructed a bridge called Bifrost or the rainbow. The ruddy hue of the bridge is the light of a fire that burns without ceasing to prevent the giants from crossing over it. Bifrost is of all bridges the most splendid and the strongest, and yet at last it will fall asunder when the end of all things shall have come. Besides Odin, there were twelve of the Aesir who were held to be chief deities of the universe. Among themselves, they had apportioned rule over all things, and each day they held counsel about what events should come to pass. Odin was their lord. He was supreme, mightiest of the gods, the preserver of all things, and therefore he was called All-Father. In Gladsheim, where stood the high seats of the gods, they took counsel together. As rulers of the universe, the gods bore the titles Rain or Ron, governors, Bond or Hop, binding or uniting powers, and Ear, the holy ones. Their high seats were also called judgment seats. The gods or Aesir were designated as white, bright, shining, holy, mighty, as war gods or battle gods. They loved the race of men, 
protected men against giants, dwarfs and dark elves and upheld righteousness and justice. When the gods held their solemn assemblies, to which came all the Aesir, they resorted to the ash, Yggdrasil, the tree of the universe. Here was their principal sanctuary. The ash Yggdrasil spread its branches abroad the whole world. It had three roots, one among the Aesir, another among the Rime Thursar, a third in the depths of Niflheim. Beside the root in Niflheim, there was a fearsome well, Vergelmir. There lay a dreadful serpent, Nidhogg, which, together with a great number of other serpents, gnawed without respite at the root of the tree, threatening to destroy it. Beside the root that rested with the Rime Thursar, there was also a well, which belonged to a giant, the wise Mimir. In it lay the highest wisdom, and from it Mimir drank each day. Beside the third root, which stretched out to the Aesir, there was also a well, called Urd's well. It was here that the gods held their assembly. Among the branches of the ash, many animals had their resort. There were a sagacious eagle, a hawk, four stags, and the little squirrel, Radatosk, which continually ran up and down, bearing evil communications between the eagle and Nidhogg. Now that we've had an introduction to the Norwegian mythology, hopefully all of you, and me included, have a basic idea of the Aesir and Asgard. So from next episode onwards, I'll start bringing you stories from the Norse mythology. Don't forget to tune in then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mythical Storytelling by Shinjan. If you liked today's story, please subscribe to the podcast to receive automatic notifications for when the next episodes come out. And don't forget to check out all the stories from Season 1. If you haven't done that already, your support means the world to me. So please let me know if you have any thoughts or comments. My Twitter handle is available in the episode description. Finally, please share and pass this pod to your friends and family. Till next time, stay safe and stay inspired. Adios.